0: The Brothers in Kayfabe, for over two seasons, the revolutionary force in brotherly Kayfabe entertainment. And now, Pro Wrestling and Being a Good Brother present, The Brothers in Kayfabe.
1: He's blighting in the ring. Welcome to the Brothers in Kayfabe podcast. I am one of your aforementioned Brothers in Kayfabe, El Gigante Kinzer Keel. To my right in the StreamYard studio with a fresh crimson mask
0: is... Recovering from my most recent trip to Puerto Rico, Mr. Lane Above Garner, Jake, Man, it seems like it has been forever since we've been back in our normal studio, but we have not missed a week. No, we Thank you. Thank you to our wonderful fans for being patient with us. I know we've had a couple of different weeks. Um, we had a fun patriotic episode, and then we had a couple of episodes hyping up NCWO. The heat is on, but we are back live. We're going to be back here live straight for the next several weeks. It's going to be great, but... Man, Jake, how's your week going? It's going well. Uh, uh, it's It could have been better.
1: There was an attack on my life, an attempt made on my life a couple of weeks ago, or a week ago. Um, I uh, was walking down the stairs at my apartment, and one of the stairs broke underneath me. And down I went, and... Um, I would say I'm doing good, but today I'm actually hurting the worst that I've hurt since since then. Um, I am starting to heal up. All the blood's gone, but like that was pretty gnarly the other day. If y'all are seeing on the uh Patreon, YouTube th- feed. Um Yeah, man, I'm I'm doing okay. Uh besides the fact that I can't get comfortable anywhere, I'm doing all right. But uh
0: how how the heck are you doing this week, Landon? I'm doing great, man. WWE allegedly goes back to TV 14 and you're already getting blood all over the place. I'm doing great. Um, my summer has been crazy busy as you all know, but it has wound down significantly. Um, so it is great being here. It is great. Um, being alive. I haven't, I haven't watched a ton of wrestling. I I did watch one show in particular this week. Um, we'll go in a little more in depth with that next week, but man, I'm doing good. The world of wrestling is ever changing, but thank goodness. I have my classics to remind me of the joyful, simple days when I was just a Mark and the magic hadn't been spoiled. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been a weird week in
1: wrestling, we got to say that. I mean, it's just been we'll touch on some of it briefly, uh, you know, after we get some of our uh housekeeping out of the way. Um, BIK trading cards are still on sale. $5 for a BIK trading card double autograph. We've sold a lot of them so far. We've sold quite a few. Get your hands on one. Um, they're not going to be here forever. If we don't sell a whole lot of them in six months, you know, if we don't sell them all, the rest are going to get burned in a in a pile. So we'll see how many uh, end up. But um, it, we also have the uh, Brothers and Kayfabe koozies. One has the regular Brothers and Kayfabe logo. The other one has the Brother PBR logo. Um, a little play on the PBR logo with the Brothers and Kayfabe, but. It's kind of weird not hyping up a show right now. We've been hyping up. Uh, the heat is on uh, at the J.I. Stipe
0: Center for, seems like, months. And now it's come and gone, Landon. Yeah. It, it's crazy. We were building to it for so long. The first time, all three brothers would hit the road together. And it happened. And now we're on the backside of it. And we're just waiting out whatever happens next. Um, but surprise if you are listening to this on Tuesday, when it drops our vlog covering the entire night and the event is up live on our YouTube channel. So be sure to check that out. Be sure to check out some of the other vlogs on the channel as well. Absolutely. You know, it's, uh,
1: it is time. Um, we've got, uh, all kinds of content coming your way this week. Um, we we have not forgot about the pop culture con day 2 episode but uh you know we kind of got caught up we wanted to get the ncwo vlog since we were officially uh partners with them on that show we wanted to get that out so that you know uh mr bedford could take a look at it all the talent up there could share the video that we had posted um can't thank those people up there enough that was such a an honor to be in that building with those guys and it was it was fantastic but um let's let's talk real quickly about a couple things that have happened this week and then we're going to we're going to talk about NCWO heat is on um kind of our thoughts a a week or so removed from that show um
0: let's build to the bigger news or do you want to lead with the bigger news I say, let's lead with this. Ring of Honor is kind of back, you know. Back, they've kind of been back for a little bit. We are still waiting on, you know, is there going to be a TV deal? Is it going to be streamed online? Is it going to be streamed exclusively on YouTube? All these kind of things. But they came back with Death Before Dishonor. It was a, it was a, it was a pretty decent show. I. It's good. I I used my resources to watch it. Um main event, we, a- absolutely match of the night. Absolutely. Oh man, it was fantastic. That that was the one match on the card to me that felt like old school Ring of Honor. It embodied that style. There was a I, I'm trying to not be nostalgic for old Ring of Honor um because there was a lot that was different. Yes. Um, and that's either potentially leading to the new direction of Ring of Honor. That's either just some of the bleed over from AEW, but I'm going to wait before I judge. Um, just just some interesting uh, creative decisions, um, but all in all, it was a decent card. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited for the next one. I'm excited for weekly TV if they're going to do that. I would be okay with monthly TV in between pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. I
1: I feel like we're going to at least get every other week uh, a new episode once they get that going. Um, we all knew that it wasn't going to be the same old Ring of Honor. Uh, mm-hmm. We all know there was going to be slight changes. It was going to look crisper and nicer because you've got uh, a bigger company behind it. Um, but there was just some things that felt off about it. I, I do admit that, but it was a good show. And I... For them just kind of get it back together, uh, you know, after Supercard of Honor, all of that, I, it's it's cool to see, see it back. I mean, especially yeah. with the kind of retro logo they're going with and mm-hmm. some of the talent there is phenomenal. They started the show off with a Colt Cabana match. So, yeah, I knew that got you hyped. Yeah, um,
0: it was <clears throat> it was a special moment. For me, um, it, it was very feel-good. I, I will say this is one of the more cohesive pay-per-views that we've seen this year, Yeah, in my opinion. Now, that being said, that's not to take away from other pay-per-views, not to say this is pay-per-view of the year. That's just the, like every match felt like it belonged on that card, and it was Absolutely. meant to be on that card instead of like, oh, that felt more like a TV match, or oh, that really felt like a pay-per-view match. It was... It was a it even, was a fine card, and I don't mean that in a, you know, in a negative sense. It, like it, the definition of fine. It was a fine card. Even w- even the
1: uh, pre-show matches were yep. were really good matches. I mean, um, you know, it's you saw a lot of new faces. You saw a lot of older faces that you know are, uh, ROH people. I. It was awesome to see Prince Nani. Yeah, we we <laughs> our Prince
0: Nana, excuse me. We we saw a lot more of him um, than I think we were expecting. Um, yeah, so, absolutely. I mean, we saw him like three segments in a row, <laughs> so, so that was that was fun. We both agree the main event was the
1: match of the night. FTR wins two to one over the Briscoes. Which uh, are there two better tag teams on the planet right
0: now than those two? not even not even close we talked about this privately i think ftr especially and even the briscoes like they feel they feel like a legitimate tag team not just a pairing of people not just siblings not just family members they feel like you know i mentioned like you put them up there with the midnight express the rock and roll express the legion of doom you know, it's not like a. You, I put them up there with the Steiner brothers. It's not like, a, oh, this is you know, million dollar ink, or this is power and right. glory, or this is the mega powers. It's no, like they are a tag team, and you can tell the difference with a tag team like this. Uh, I, I don't want. I don't want to get into this. Uh, I think they're leaps and bounds better than a lot of. Tag teams, obviously in WWE, but even the other tag teams in AEW, I think there's just something, I can't even pinpoint it exactly, but there's just something that has them up here where you believe they're a tag team. They're always going to be a tag team. Uh, Like I made the joke with you, they're going to be not signing autographs in 20 years. They're going to be wrestling on smaller shows because they love it. And they're still a tag team, and you still believe it. They're reaching that GOAT status. Like they're on
1: they're a Mount Rushmore tag team at this point. And the inevitable is they're gonna win those AEW tag belts again. They're gonna carry four belts at the same time. And then we know they're gonna slowly start losing those belts. They're not gonna hold them forever. But I love what's happening with FTR and I, I can't wait for more. I mean, I will I, say I I've said it multiple times. Dax. Dax Harwood is the best wrestler on the planet
0: right now. Easily. Their, their psychology together. Their psychology is individuals, but also as a team, like there, I, I can't name anybody else in the business that I would say their psychology is on that level. Cause everything they do matters. Everything, every time they sell, it's to make their opponent look good, but without, you know harming their credibility and their believability right. you know they they follow the tag team rules and you know they're not a, they're not afraid to do sillier spots or stuff but they do it in a smart enough way where it's not like well okay i don't really take ftr that that credible anymore it's no they literally handled that in the best situation to where it was still very entertaining but i still believe they're the Toughest tag team. Absolutely. Um, I'll say this, their their entrance, Jake. It I think that's mm. just their entrance alone and that presentation, that I, I think it. that's the biggest star power that has ever come across for them in their career. Like yeah, that absolutely. presentation, it was like, okay, like here's the greatest tag team on the planet, not just people claiming to be the greatest tag team on the planet. I love it dude. It's so good.
1: I it's just ever since they fully embraced the Arn and Tully of it all, like mm-hmm. they've skyrocketed for me and I was already an FTR guy. I loved the revival. I was one of those guys that was screaming because they weren't getting used in WWE. Yeah, they won all the tag titles. They did. But like they should have been constantly champions and dominating people and having these kind of matches. Mm-hmm. And it's because they didn't belong in WWE. They're, they're not sports entertainers. Yeah. They are professional wrestlers. Like, there's a difference and that's just how it is with them. But yeah, let's get on to the controversy about this because <coughs> I, me. the rest of the card was fine. Dalton Castle and the boys win the six-man six tags. Um, Wheeler Yuta uh, defended his title. Roosh beat his brother. Um, Mercedes Martinez retained. Samoa Joe retained. That was a fun match. I mean, mm. I I love Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal, so that was a really fun match, but kind of questionable. Yeah. The ROH title goes on first. Yeah. First on was, the main card.
0: Yeah. It was surprising, and then it was like, okay, then I guess that means FDR Briscoes is last. Right. Which kind of made sense, but it did it did make sense. It's this match, I'm gonna be honest, this match did not feel anywhere near as special or as big as it should have for we'll, we'll get there.
1: <laughs> this is
0: Claudio's opportunity. This is his first one on one shot for a world title. Yeah. Did not did not feel that special. It just felt like oh hey, you know. This it it felt like it felt almost like a TV segment and TV match instead of a hey, here's his chance to finally prove that he's world champion material. Presentation um from everybody involved did not feel that way. It just felt like obviously Cesaro has had multiple matches since debuting in AEW. But to me, it felt like, oh, this is his first match on TV since showing up. Right. That's that's uh, the the you know, excitement behind it, the presentation of it, that's what it felt like is like, okay, let's let's see if Cesaro can hang here in AEW. Let's see if he can hang here in yeah. Ring of Honor. It was it was weird. Well, I'm not going to put all the
1: blame on one person because there's multiple th- things at play here. I from the moment Jonathan Gresham came out, I knew something was up. He didn't come out in his mask. He usually has his his big duster and his flag. He came out with the title and a t-shirt on and it was just like, oh, "Okay, this is one of the biggest matches uh for you in a while." I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, he's been he's been defending that title all over the place, but like this is you bringing that title back to the brand on the restart, like the big night. And you're going to not come out in your full gimmick. And then, not that he sandbagged, but it just didn't look like regular Jonathan Gresham. You could tell something was off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Claudio did his best in the match. And it, he, Claudio's always great, he's always entertaining. I've never seen Claudio have a bad match. But it was just like, this is your world title. Match and it going on first wasn't too much of a surprise because that's an AEW move. They've mm-hmm. they put the world title on uh first a lot, but never on a pay-per-view. Yeah. Um they're trying to pop that rating usually. Um, it was just weird. I'm I'm glad that Claudio is finally world champion. He deserves it tremendously for how much that guy's put up with over his career. Mm-hmm. But, like, I I was a fan of Jonathan Gresham. I don't know if I'm as much of a fan anymore.
0: Yeah, uh, let's go ahead and touch on it. Um, Some of the rumors, and obviously this stuff is all speculation until the actual parties involved admit it. But it seems like there has, obviously, Jonathan Gresham has been frustrated with creative decisions leading into this match specifically, but also creative decisions and just his role as Ring of Honor World Champion. Um, what, what has also come out of this because people have just you know, the allegations are that he's upset. You know, he got mad at Tony. There is heated exchanges all this, but what's also coming out allegedly, keep in mind is that talent relations which is headed up by Christopher Daniels and guys like QT Marshall and some of the other coaches like Jerry Lynn Uh, Pat Buck Pat Buck is there's just no communication and when there is it's just very superficial communication what's interesting about this is this is something you would expect from WWE creative right and this isn't the first time we've heard of communication issues between talent and talent relations. Um, You know, the most recent stuff uh, were the rumors about Colt Cabana and his situation with the company, but several of several members of the AEW roster whose contracts expired and were not extended received no notification of the such. Um, They reached out Via email and text to these people, and you know they found out by well I haven't heard anything, so my contract's up, or they found out via the dirt sheet saying, "Hey, so and so is officially a free agent because they didn't resign." And it's just it's interesting that AEW would have these problems, right, or have this issue this early on. Well, I
1: think it's I think it's mostly that we have wrestlers running the camp and. I think you need more guys like, like a Pat Buck, the guys that are not in the ring heading up that area. I I think Tony needs to be a little more hands-off on creative and more of the day-to-day running of the business. Um, and I think he needs to come up with some people to take care of that because obviously it's not working. There's some miscommunication But at the same time, it all seems to be from people that up until Jonathan Gresham, we knew weren't happy. Mm -hmm. That's my only problem. And now Jonathan Gresham obviously was not happy. Um, But like perfect example, Joey Janelle and Marco Stunt, they weren't on, they weren't on TV. Yeah. They, they weren't working. They didn't have anything for them. I, I don't see a lot of communication going on there anyway, because yep. uh, what are you going to do is every week, are you going to go, Hey Joey, we're not using you this week. Like, okay. Uh, if you're, if you're wanting that, I don't think you're in the right business because like, if you're not booked, you're not booked. Like, yep. that's just how it is. So I, and it, you know, so I of the can room- see both sides.
0: Yeah. And some of the rumors are Tony was a lot more, Accessible to the talent, you know, during the COVID era when they were in dailies. Yeah, but they were uh, all there in a bubble all week. And since then, he has been a little more removed, which, you know, isn't surprising because he's a lot of responsibility. What would be really interesting is just to see exactly we don't know for sure anymore what creative exactly looks like. You know, how much do the agents and the coaches have? to say how much does Tony have to say? Do the Bucks and Kenny do they still have say in creative? And so it's it's just very interesting because we know even when Cody was there, there was the, you know, the word that you had the elites portion of the show and then you had Cody's portion of the show right either way it, it's weird I hope it's resolved in some way shape or form I hope everyone's able to you know act professional and do what's best for business and what's best for the the parties involved and what's best for the fans and going forward um cause you need that communication because Absolutely. you know you know Per you know, just for the sake of people depend on income. And it's real crappy to not let them know if they're, you know, if they're in the wings waiting on, hey, am I still gonna have a job? Right. Or do I need to look for somewhere else? But even just like that, hey, I want to do everything I can to bring in money and bring in eyes to our product. Yeah. But I feel like I'm not being utilized and and all this and like we said, we don't know for sure what, what is happening, only those involved. Um, it's a shame because Jonathan Gresham uh, is a great talent. Um he reminds me a lot of um our boy Pac, Pac, Neville, yeah. Adrian, where he's you know, he's a lot smaller than you expect. But he's built his physique and he's built his in-ring work to where you really don't notice that. Obviously, there are some times where the height difference is super noticeable, but he wrestles a style where everything he's doing is believable. You know, it's not like a, hey, here's Marco Stunt going toe-to-toe, test of strength with Mark Henry. You know, it's believable. It makes sense. Um, He's a... He's a great hand. Um, I just hope that he's able to be utilized somewhere very properly. I do, too. I really
1: hope he... I I love Jonathan Gresham. (coughs) I do. I'm reserving judgment right now until more information comes out. Maybe it Mm -hmm. never does. Yeah. But right now, it just seems like he got upset that he was dropping the title. And I can understand that. I mean... I can but like
0: also, you go to work and you do what yeah your job tells you to do yeah you know it's the it's the Sa- Sasha Naomi MJF yep thing over it's all just from a different point of view each one they're all right, right or wrong they're doing what they think is best for them they're standing right. up for what they believe in Um, but at the end of the day you have contractual obligations yep um. But, you know, if you feel like doing that goes against everything you believe in, then you got to do what you got to do. It's, Absolutely. I'll be interested to see how it plays out.
1: Absolutely. I, I am too. Um, we were going to talk about NCWO. Uh, do we
0: want to save Vince for next week? Let's save Vince for next week. Um, we can kind of do, let's do a little bit of a a mini retrospective. Okay. We'll talk about um, Vince next week, guys. We'll talk the situation, but you know, we can we can talk about some positive things as well. Um NCWO Heat is
1: on. Was was last Saturday. It was the uh the 16th. So technically now two Saturdays removed. Yeah. Well, a Saturday removed. Landon, um, your
0: first time to NCWO, how do you how did you like it? It was great. My immediate—I've been to a ton of local shows, but what set this one apart was the initial production value. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to talk to a couple of people there. Because uh, one thing that has always driven me crazy is whenever you make a product, when you make a form of entertainment available, right? Regardless of your resources, you have the ability to control what you put out to the public, whether that Mm -hmm. is, you know, a street performance, you're performing on a stage, you're performing in an amphitheater, in an arena, wherever you have the ability to, you know, make public what you're doing. It's not like, Hey, I'm going to play on the street, but I don't have a choice in how good my music sounds. It's like, no, you, you can control that. Hey, I don't know how to conduct myself. Hey, you know how to do that. With wrestling, one of my biggest things is, hey, it's not that hard to have a good-looking product just as far as presentation goes. Like, hey, if you don't have, you know, aprons to cover the sides of the ring, then maybe hold the show off until you have just a little bit extra money to cover that. Right. You know, hey, all of our ropes are covered in different kinds of duct tape, or we've got huge patches. Hey, then maybe just wait a little bit until you can cover that, just because it looks more professional. You know, NCWO, they invested in some lighting. They invested in a stage that wasn't just black PVC. Uh Or white PVC with a black tarp or a single black curtain. You know they. No, it was a stage. Yeah, there was an actual stage. They invested money in the curtain that uh, the wrestlers walked through. They had some lighting. They They had had some pyro. They had pyro, and they had a projector for
1: entrance, the entrance uh, videos.
0: Yeah, like it is. It is not hard. I understand that that stuff is expensive. Trust me, as somebody who is in the entertainment industry, I understand how expensive equipment is. So that's why you make small, credible changes. But you can set it up to where, you know, you still have a quality product and you're hiding, you know, to make it super about wrestling, you're highlighting your strengths and you're covering Mm -hmm. up your weaknesses. It's, It's the same thing. I've
1: said it before and I've said it again. A good lighting setup will change the entire dynamic of your show. Yeah. And another part that sets them apart is they have the full scale ring. It's mm-hmm. a tall ring. It's not the short ring. Like it's a full size ring and it just looks like it belongs there.
0: Yeah. I mean, they went as far as they have decals on the ring post. Yep. It just it just looks quality. I understand that takes money, but man, it, if they had solid black aprons, solid black mats, solid black ropes, everything, hey, that still looks clean instead of hodgepodge mismatch. Right. Um, And that's not to dog on anybody. Let me be no, clear. No, absolutely not. It's just one of those things. I say this to clients all the time when I'm talking about video projects or podcast projects. It's like, Hey, I know you're super excited to launch this, but is launching it now, is it going to hinder your success Right. versus launching it later when you're more prepared? Is that going to help you more? And,
1: you know, it's it's one of those things. This is something that the owner, Richard Bedford, I cannot put him over enough. He great, has told me multiple times, and he's so transparent. He said every show he buys something new. Every show he invests back in his product, something new to make it that much better. Last show I went to, which was uh, over, uh, I believe that was in the end of April. Mm -hmm. There was no pyro. This show had pyro. Yeah. Uh, You know, and they had a a good concession stand, they had tables.
0: their, Their concession stand took card. I was blown I didn't away. realize that. I would that, have paid card instead of paying cash. Hey, they made six bucks off of me for a couple of water bottles. Right. And it, it's one of those things like that's, yes, that's an investment, but that's a worthwhile investment. They have a multi-cam setup for their recording. They have a hard cam and they have a
1: roaming cam. Uh, you know, it, they have lights. They they turn down the house lights. They've got a spotlight right in the middle. He joked before the show started to all the talent. Hey, if you're getting pinned, don't look at that light. You will go blind. Like, yeah, but it looks good. And, and that sets you apart. Mm -hmm. And I am going to, I'm going to go to a show that looks good. Nine times out of 10 over something that doesn't look good. Yeah. And like I said, it's no dogging everybody else you do what you have. You, you make with what you have, but Mm -hmm. like I have slowly, I'm slowly building up my podcasting equipment. I've got a nice microphone. I've got a nice soundboard. I've got my GoPro camera for my camera feed. I've got a loom cube light now, like, and it's all just come over time. It's not that hard. And you know, I want to see other people take other promotions take after their example.
0: Yeah. I'll 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 give a personal example. Uh all names will be redacted. Um, but man, wrestling in the backyard, it always drove me crazy. Cause it was like, hey, like our products always going to not be as great as professionals because we're filming it in a backyard. Right we can change up the camera angles. We can cover the sides of the ring. So they're not exposed. We can, we can take care of the mats. You know, we can, you know, Hey, let's not get the houses in right. All of our shots. You know, what can we do? Let's shoot this way. So the house isn't in the back. Yeah. Obviously we can't control everything, but what can we control and what can we do well with it? Right. Um, So that was my initial impression. I I was blown away with the production value. Um, But, man, it was just a fun show from start to finish. I like that they do a VIP match for those who are VIP ticket holders. You got a special match that nobody else um, from general admission got to see. I don't even know if they put that up on YouTube. They might. Um, Well... I'll I'll give you all a little hint. If you watch our vlog, you don't get to see the match, but you get to to see who's in the match, and that's all I'm going to say. So, and one of our guests tonight is
1: in that match. So, you know, after going to the show, um, I talked last time about who kind of stood out, and there's a lot of the same people on this card that were there last time. Um, I got to know a lot more of them better this time. Who stood out the most to you at Heat is On?
0: So, right off the the bat, everybody involved in the three-way dance tag. tag match. Yeah. Um they some of them were very polished, some of them were not as polished and here here's why this is important. The flow and pacing of their match was so good. Yeah. That it was it wasn't noticeable, you know. Whose footwork was better than, than whose? It psychology wise, it made sense. It's in my opinion, it should have gone on last because it was the Absolutely. most roller coaster of a match. Um, man, it was great uh, for me. It was exciting. I'm not going to say names. Uh, there were a couple of people in that match that I the last time I'd seen them. They were training. And so to see where they were now, uh, you know, never had a conversation with them a day in my life, but just to be like, oh, like, hey, like, that looks a lot smoother. Right. Their, their timing's a lot better. Um, it It was just super encouraging and it was super fun. That match, it didn't feel like, I'm trying to say this in the most least offensive way because I don't want this to be offensive in any way, shape, or form that match seemed like the most believable match. Yeah. And I'm not saying the others didn't look believable, but that one's like, oh, like that was a quality pro wrestling match. Yeah. And, and the
1: three-way made sense. They, they kept going like it's, they had their, their down spots for each individual team. Um, and it made sense why okay well now these other two teams are fighting each other
0: now like oh yeah. you know, they've it, turned on each other like it it didn't feel like oh here's local trainers that are still having their first couple of matches right it didn't feel like oh here's the the hometown hero that's an egomaniac so they're going to go over in all their matches it was like hey like you could put that match on any card and it would work great. It would do its job. And I know for a fact,
1: two of them, but I believe four of the six participants are within their first year in the business. Yeah. And that's incredible and ma- to me.
0: Yeah. And maybe that was just a really, really good night, but, um, you know, time will obviously tell. So that, that was my favorite match by far. The six individuals involved with that, it, they stood out um you know there was a table spot and you know it it took two tries but they handled it very very professionally right you know they, they made ate, it seem like
1: it wasn't something that was a mess up so yeah. to speak
0: yeah they they handled it well um of course you You had Rory making jokes, but that's Rory. But it's one of those things to where it was, you know, they did it great. They didn't pander to the crowd and, you know, try and make internet jokes. They didn't, you know, lose their facial expressions. Um, Because something, I've said it before, something I hate is when wrestlers miss, or a spot doesn't go as planned. And so they keep trying and trying. Like Punk doing the Buckshot Lariat, like, You had your chance, you screwed it up. Move on. Don't do yeah, move on. It's not gonna make the match better if you hit it. Like make everyone forget it happened instead of like,
1: oh, well, he hit it on his third try. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was they they did a great job with that. Um I was just super impressed. And everyone on the card did a great job. Um, there were some guys, like even some younger guys, um, you know, you you can tell who has more experience and who has a little right. less, but for the most part, everybody everybody did good. Everybody had good pacing. There was some. Um, I'm trying to remember um, which wrestler it was in one of the earlier matches. Um, he hit like some crazy like spinning kick flip thing, which I'd never seen before. I was like, oh, like that's sick! Like that's um, awesome. With I believe hair. That-
1: was that Marquise
0: Jackson? Yes. It, it midnight was, was. Rider. Yeah. I, I remember the midnight part, but I couldn't. It was like, yeah. oh, you know, midnight? Uh moon night. Yeah, the blue hair B- was over Triple too. Yeah. Um, but I mean, even some of the later matches, you know, Evelyn Carter did great. Mark Out Rory. She did an incredible job um talking trash. Um, like even at her her merch table talking trash to kids, and I loved it. Um, it made, that's why I didn't spend money on her because she's talking trash. Um, but man, like Johnny Cove doing great as always. Um, Clayton doing great. Um, even, you know, we got to, we got to see the world champion in action. Kinda, uh, you know, it's despicable that he took advantage of Luke like that. Um, yeah you know after luke had gone through that time limit draw of a tag team match and then i mean even that rookie guy what was, what was his name fox fox yeah fox did from a, the netherlands a, came all the way from, from the netherlands, netherlands like to you know mcallister oklahoma yeah making his NCWO debut and he did a great job uh against alpha Rat. but alpha rot <laughs> did what he did and it was it was that was that was the most disappointing part of the show for me was just like there's professionalism and then there's unprofessionalism. Right, and, and the fraud Farratt was unprofessional. I mean, um, nobody. Just, in that bi-
1: I didn't like what they did to Richard Bedford, but I mean, I I don't blame them for what they did. You know, I'll say this: heavyweight any- champ is not on the card. Do I, what?
0: <clears throat> yeah. It just because his bag got lost, you know. But here, here's the thing: I don't know too many people buying tickets to see the Farrat Dynasty. Um, and it's despicable. I'll I'll tell you this: I didn't hear a single person cheering for the Farrat Dynasty, but I heard a lot of two feathers chants. And Absolutely. so I, <clears throat> I hope Richard's doing better. Um, you know, Jake, you did a great job on commentary. It was very. Uh, Rory and I were very proud to, to watch you and see you in that element. And we just talked about, you know, it it was cool to see you step into that because racing has prepared you for this. And now you're getting to there, you slimy, slimy, slimy person. Here I am trying to be genuinely nice and (laughs) (laughs) well, I
1: I will say this, you know, it's unfortunate what happened to uh, Mike Andrews, my broadcast partner. Um, But, you know, in the future, maybe he doesn't run his mouth to the wrestlers. That's all I'm going to say. But, um, you know, it it was a great show. I got to say, like, Chosen Influence, Culture Shock, and KOA are my MVPs of this show. Yeah. Uh, Luke being able to work two matches in a row. Um, even if the last one was a very short match, uh, just having the guts to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about Clayton really, really shortly. And I will say this, he's probably one of the most over guys in that building. Yeah. Um, he had a really good match with Montego Sika. Uh, Clayton is one of those guys. that Every time I see him, he just gets better.
0: Okay. Um, hey, and if you didn't listen to the pod last week, you get to hear an exclusive a promo where some kid ran his mouth on Clayton, and Clayton was standing right next to the kid and called him out on it. And guess what? That kid got real quiet real fast.
1: Well, and I, I was going to say this. He's starting to find his voice. I know that's kind of been like uh, his his big issues. He's just... He hasn't been able to find his voice uh, until recently. And you know, he started, uh, he started hunting people and started hunting trophies. And I think he's just kind of, he's coming to his own and I think he's just, he's that close. He's that close right there at mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Cove too. They're both just right there and they're, they're going to make it. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to do big things. I think a lot of people on this card, we're going to be talking about doing, doing bigger things. Yeah. You know, Kane Carter in the tag match. Is in his first year of professional wrestling, and has already wrestled on AEW Dark. Yeah, like, which is insane. Like he's a rookie in the business on AEW. Like that doesn't happen. The only no. people that that happens to are people that WWE hires or AEW hires specifically to train in their style. Mm-hmm. It only happens to a Braun Breaker or a or a Jade Cargill type. Yeah, and so. Hats off to those guys. Devian Black is quickly becoming one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, He's also he's also a Kinzer Keel guy. Um, Just throwing that out there. But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of people you know finding their finding their voice out there. And I think Richard Bedford is uh, a really good guy to learn from. Um, He knows the business very well. He used to compete under the name Two Feathers, and uh, he is—he's just becoming. It's becoming that place to go in in Oklahoma indie wrestling. So, um, you know, Landon, we've we've gone we've gone pretty long today. Um, we have, and we haven't even got to the interview yet, right? Uh, you know, so we're gonna go ahead and kick to that interview uh, with the one, the only. The star of the VIP match at NCWO Heat is on Logan Knight, the spotlight. We are here sitting down for the Brothers in Kayfabe interview of the week. And we're sitting with the one, the only, the spotlight, Logan Knight. Logan, how are you doing tonight? Super duper hot. It is a very
2: hot, 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 hot weekend in Oklahoma once again. Yeah. I had to
1: do today. did not enjoy it. Bro, I would not be able to move in this, in this temperatures. It's 103 for people that yeah. aren't in Oklahoma right now. Like early, like every day. <laughs> every day. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, I, we're, we're bringing you on to do your uh, first interview with us. We got to share a merch table the other night. Um, <laughs> So you're just surviving over there right now? You're just trying not to be super hot? Uh, Essentially. I mean, I'm in the 18 now, thank God. But, like, I mean, other than that, pretty good stuff. I mean, wrestling is going good. Personal life is going good. So I can't really ask for much more outside of that. Fantastic. Well, uh, so you're Logan Knight. You're the spotlight. Uh, Tell the folks at home a little bit about you and, you know, uh, what you do. Well, uh, as he said it, that's my real name. My name's Logan Knight.
2: So uh, I am from Detroit, Michigan. Some people ask me that like every show, pretty much. They're like, Are you really from Detroit? I'm like, Yeah, I am. Uh, I moved here when I was super, super young. So like, I I am from there, but I did spend a lot of like my school years here in Oklahoma. Uh, I moved when we were like, I think I was still like not even a year old, but I went back every summer. So it's like sort of like a, two home situation yeah Uh, but i mean i spent all of my school years here in oklahoma and uh a lot of my family and friends and stuff are here so i've decided to say i tried to move back after high school it is extremely difficult to make it on your own as an 18 year old no matter where you go so absolutely yeah
1: absolutely like that's especially this day and age like I it's, there's no way. Like I, I feel for all the kids that are getting out of high school right now. Yeah. I, I thought I was
2: like smarter than people for some reason. And I ended all the same. So I'm back here in Oklahoma living, living on my own now, thankfully, obviously, but, uh, right. It, it's tough. I,
1: I had to get a real good job to even do that. So, Oh bro. Like you, you don't even know like <laughs> me and yeah, my we're wife are about to have our first kid. And it's like, hey, are we going to like be able to pay all of our bills once she's here? Like, still.
2: Yeah, low, low, like that's what I'm saying about Oklahoma too. It's like it's one of the lowest income states and it's still like hard as hell to even afford anything. So,
1: uh, Yeah, imagine what Detroit, Michigan is going to be like right
2: now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I was, it was actually not that bad. When I moved back after high school, I was living there. I lived in Flint for a little bit and I lived in like a really, really small town in the middle of the state called Howe. And yeah. like the pay is a little bit higher than it is here, but like all the housing and all the like groceries and stuff, it's all the same as down here. So it really wasn't like as different as people would think, yeah. but it's a lot more difficult. I would say because the smaller towns here all have Walmarts or dollar generals, but like the smaller towns up there, they're actually small towns and secluded. So they don't have <laughs> the, Like it's one of those things where it's like those towns have to drive to another town just to get their groceries. Oh so, my gosh. It's that kind of small town up there. But, like, even when I was living in Flint, I was like, it really wasn't that terrible. Like, we had clean water and everything. And Detroit, like, all the stuff people say about Detroit, I like to argue all the time about it. I think Detroit's an extremely beautiful city because uh I'm from there, duh. And <laughs> it's just like so, some of the parts, like, in the city when the whole, like, crack cocaine incident happened in the 80s and 90s, like, it, and plus our mayor was stupid. So yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of rundown places in detroit but there's also a lot of gorgeous places just like any other city so absolutely i mean you
1: can say that about oklahoma city you can say oh
2: that. yeah i love oklahoma city like bricktown is beautiful i love i love being in Bricktown. Tulsa is beautiful as well like you just got to find small niches that you like
1: about each city right so you're you're a professional wrestler here in oklahoma uh how long have you been wrestling this is my third
2: year as like a licensed professional. I started training when I came back from Michigan. Uh, I started going to college and stuff at UCO. So I was about 19, and me and my buddy saw a flyer for Mid-South Wrestling in Oklahoma City. Absolutely. And, and we decided to go, and after the show ended, I got asked if I wanted to like start training there. And so I did pay for a couple of months of training that I did not get. Um <laughs> Which is fine. Uh, the the dude, we all, we hashed it out. He's a great dude. He's not really with us anymore, but um, it is what it is. Uh, I ha- I was supposed to be trained by Drake Gallows, and that didn't end up going that way. Um, so I went and got trained up in Bristow. So I had to drive an hour and a half a oh like, week to go get trained, uh, which sucked. And that's where I met Derek, who's one of my best friends. Derek James, he's a wrestler in the state. Uh, he's like my tag team partner, too. He uh, yeah. Really close stuff. Like, it's not just like we're a tag team for the sake of being a tag team. Like,
0: right. I consider
2: a brother of mine. He's really got a good head on his shoulders as far as wrestling and stuff. But he was there when I started training. So me and him have been training partners since day one. I would say like six or seven months after that, though, I kind of realized that an hour and a half, two or three times a week, there and back was not good on a 19 year old's pocket (laughs) absolutely not no so i started uh train like i started getting more of like my training on like a on like a show-to-show basis i would like i would get one-on-one time on weekends and some weekdays and stuff with drake gallows like father padge after that so i would i'd probably credit to them
1: to helping me get my head out of my ass and get me wrestling Me, me and you had a very similar path out of college and and such. Like my plan was to go be a professional wrestler. And then my senior year of college football, I tore my MCL and it was like, uh, bro, you literally keep on, uh, taking bumps and, you know, getting hit and everything. You're just going to have to have knee replacements. So didn't go through Mm -hmm. with it, but, um. Yeah, man, it's that's that's awesome. So you've been at it three years now. Um,
2: yeah, I got hurt a little mm-hmm. bit when I started uh, on, on OklaFan. It, check that uh, information website that Burnham runs run here in the state. Uh, it says I started June 29th of 2019, and I did. I was in a rumble for UWE in Tahlequah, and yeah. then I three on one squash with some 50-year-old biker dude a month later. So I cannot count either of those things as ever actually existing because right after that match, I had actually, uh, in an unrelated incident, I'm a huge fan of basketball. So I was playing basketball and rolled my ankle and, uh, the doctor told me it was like the most severe you can roll an ankle before actually like tearing it. And he was like, if you just get the surgery, it's going to end up being faster and like better for you in the long run. Right. So it's surgery and I didn't get to come back until like March of 2020 so that's essentially like i kind of add the lost time up together and i'm in my third
1: year right now yeah so i uh yeah so i'm seeing i I just pulled that up because if anybody knows chris burnham it's like he's a wealth of information like the amount of information that guy's got in his head so his his site's pretty great yeah so I pulled that up. Yeah. Uh, you graduated from Edmund North High School. Um, yeah, exactly. Proud of that. There's a lot of terrible people in Edmund, but
2: like I would say by the time like my senior year rolled around, I was pretty thankful for the experiences. It's all it's always that last year that gets you where you're like, maybe I did have fun. Oh, know? yeah,
1: absolutely. I went to Mustang and I felt the same way. Like, it was just like, oh, you know, maybe this wasn't so bad, uh, not as bad as any Angsty teenager thinks he's got it. Yeah, um, I just see that because my my wife went to Santa Fe, so uh, oh, from the same areas. So
2: yeah, a lot of my plus buddies and stuff like edmund is set up so weird. There's like three high schools within a two mile radius of each other. Yeah, and I'm not exactly sure why, but it's probably because each one of them are 6A because there are so many people in edmund
1: Oh it my gosh. Yeah, there's like two hundred thousand people in Edmond, and I had no idea my my in-laws keep trying to get us to move over there and I'm just like I don't want to get anywhere near Edmond if I, I can move back but it's just too expensive like I'm just the traffic for those people that have never been in Edmond the traffic is always bad um, yeah. just because there's just so many people and it's such a small area it's like, trapped in two major highways so yeah so <laughs> it, there's just always traffic but um, so you, you kind of grew up in the Oklahoma city Edmond area. Um, yeah. you, you started in 2019, started training in 2019. Yeah. Um, you know, tell us a little bit, uh, how did you, how did you come to the, the realization that you wanted to do, do this? Like why, how did it, that work for you?
2: It started really, really young. Like everybody has their like, uh, there, what made them a fan of pro wrestling? My, my, what made me a fan of pro wrestling and what made me want to be a pro wrestler goes hand in hand. It's the same experience. Uh, I, when I was like three, uh, my uncle re it was either the live WrestleMania that year or he was rewatching it, but I was watching the triple fret ladder match between the Hardys, the Dudleys and, oh uh, and Christian. That was oh. the first wrestling match I had ever watched. And it like as a three or four year old, you think I'd be just like not caring or like running around right. screaming, I was running around and screaming. But I was running around and screaming because what I was seeing on the TV, cause it was really, really cool, <laughs> even though I didn't really have a palate to differentiate that from like other things in life, like fighting or like USC and stuff. I didn't have right. like a real grasp of that, but I knew what I saw on the TV right then and there. I was like, I love this no matter what it is. Right. And so I, I would credit that as like being when i wanted to be a pro wrestler because i deep down i always always wanted to be a professional wrestler even though i've done a million things already to try and figure out who i am (laughs) it's just it's one of those things that like when you're growing up in my head at least it's one of those things that make you go like oh it's like wanting to be an astronaut there's like no way that's gonna happen like it's just one of those like one in a million type things and i found out it's actually not one of those million things but i didn't find that out until i was 19 in college (laughs) So, like, it took me a little bit to figure out about the indies and, like, training schools and stuff like that. Because when I was growing up, I used to always search, like, pro wrestling training schools online, and it never popped up. And come to find out, it's because Oklahoma is very word of mouth, apparently. Not anymore, but back in the times when I was
1: searching, it was very word of mouth. Absolutely. I mean, like, I grew up, (sighs) long story short, I grew up not being able to watch pro wrestling professional wrestling because my family like it just wasn't something that interested anyone so uh we didn't watch it and um so i had no idea that local wrestling even existed until i was in college like i always just thought it was oh it's wcw and wwf for a while now it's tna and wwe
2: yeah I grew up like in the uh, like 2010s, like that was when my like formative years were happening. So like Impact and TNA and like ROH were like devastatingly life changing to me. It was such oh my good- gosh, it was so much different from the WWE product is, and that's like why it sucked me in. I think is because it's not even that they were doing anything better, or, like they had anyone better. It was just so much different. It was like
1: it was a breath of fresh air. Uh, the moment that I found out ROH existed, it, like you said, it changed my life. I was like 22 at mm-hmm. the point, And I was just like, this is amazing. Like, yeah. these guys are kicking ass. Yeah. And it was just so much different, like you said, than WWE. And at that time, little did I know the guys that I was cheering for in WWE were ROH guys. It was Daniel Bryan and it was CM Punk. And it was those guys. It was, it was Cesaro. And, you know,
2: going back and saying like going back and finding out that anyone you look up to or think is some of the most talented wrestlers ever, I guarantee you they went through ROH.
1: Right. Oh, absolutely. That's that's the place where you go to learn to be like the best of the best. Like there's a reason why there are guys like Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, you know, those kind of guys came from there. So for sure, So you, so you joined wrestling, you, you liked, uh, you loved wrestling from the time you were three years old. So that was probably your earliest memory of professional wrestling. Is that WrestleMania?
2: I would say it's one of my earliest memories in general. Like, like that, I think I read something where like, you don't start having like cognitive memories that you can remember in your adulthood until you're like three or four. And I want to say like between that ladder match and, um, finding a scorpion in my kitchen those are the two <laughs> first memories of my life uh but i mean yeah wrestling wrestling's been with me since I was in diapers uh rather i think about it or not it's always like been involved right
1: that that's fantastic i love that like the scorpion thing that's <laughs> that's great um so you you've loved wrestling your whole life This is the this is the million dollar question for wrestling fans. Yeah, who's your favorite wrestler? I love answering this because it's always
2: like weird. It's people that I definitely look up to, and it's always strange when I mention them together because like two are kind of similar, and the third guy is like way out there. But uh, Rick Flair is my all time favorite wrestler. Uh, This has to be. He's uh, a personal life aside one of the most amazing wrestlers like of all time uh the Miz is my other favorite wrestler he's probably like my favorite wrestler that i grew up on the most um okay i always get weird i respect that i always get weird looks for that but it's like his character work and his mic work are through the roof of like anybody else in his generation besides maybe Trey wyatt like he he plays his role to a T and I really, really like that. And he's always he's always the guy that the WWE goes to when they need somebody. Absolutely. Like he's one of those guys. And like his twenty seventeen uh, Intercontinental title run really like cemented my answer for me because it was one of the most legendary Intercontinental title runs of all time. Yeah. He he was really in his back too. And like people think he's not a like up there wrestler, but he's like really good at wrestling. He's I like really a- after like he, he can put on a great match. Like his match with Shane McMahon at WrestleMania was incredible.
1: You don't, you don't stay where you are like that without having good knowledge in the ring. And mm-hmm. obviously his character work is off the charts. Like the reason, the reason I looked at you that way is that is the first time I've ever had someone go, yeah, my favorite wrestler is the Miz. Like, Oh yeah. It's just, it's not something you hear.
2: Uh, like, and I always get that look like uh, I had a buddy in the locker room. I think it was New Year's. Uh, he asked me like who my favorite wrestlers were. And when I said the Miz, like everyone around me started laughing. And I was like, do you all like do you all understand? Like, just think about it for a second. He is a phenomenal wrestler. Like he, right. like, like, he may not be like Daniel Bryan level style technical mm-hmm. and may not be Bray Wyatt level character wise, but he's got like everything and he's doing it good
1: that's why i like him he's got the total package
2: yeah and like uh he's making millions off of like not even being a wrestler like he he's like a big movie guy which i'm a huge movie guy too i would love to get right. like i've already done extra work and stuff on movie sets and i'd love to get further into that business and he's using wrestling to like put right. other aspects of his life and that's like what i'm trying to do too so well,
1: i mean I, we can all aspire to be someone who marries supermodels like maurice like <laughs> yeah know.
2: Uh, I would say the like third and like it's all tied. And this guy came off the Indies and ROH. And that's why I have to put him in there because it's like a different come up. It's like he made a name for himself different from these two guys. And it's Eddie Kingston. I really love Eddie Kingston. Uh, He's from Yonkers, New York, which is like a heavily, like it's a out there culture. Um, When I was living in Detroit and like Flint and stuff, it reminded me like a lot of like what he talks about from like being in Yonkers. And so I was like, yeah. I'm relatable to this guy, and rather I, I know it or not. And uh, growing up watching Eddie Kingston was like beautiful. Uh, I, he used to be a part of this promotion called Shakara, which was in my like, village, oh, yeah. and that is one of my favorite companies of all time. And it really just crumbled in the last couple of years, which made me really sad because I wanted to go there for training school, and uh, unfortunately, they don't really do anything anymore. But Eddie Kingston and like adam cole and aj styles all came through uh uh chikara and those guys are like those are like my top six right there would be
1: all those guys like i i love all those wrestlers a lot of of people don't realize how many people came from chikara like uh, orange cassidy came from chikara like he was he was under a mask there yeah Lance dorado did too he was trained at chikara I think he was... I think Orange was Red Ant or Fire Ant, something like yeah, that. Yeah, they have all the, like, Blue Ant, Green Ant. Right. But, you know, Chikar is such an underrated promotion. I And it's another one of those kind of, like, who's who of indie guys were there. Um. So so that, you know, that's a really diverse list because you got, like, three very different kind of wrestlers on that list. Um, I love that it was, uh, you know... Obviously Ric Flair is like a GOAT status wrestler. Uh oh. someone you have to separate the art from the lifestyle a little bit. But um That's what I try to do. Like
2: anytime someone asks me about my gimmick, I'm like, imagine if I was like the young Bucks and Ric Flair met, but they weren't terrible people. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Nothing against matter matter anything. Like the young Bucks, I don't think they're terrible people. It's just like that's oh. I, I I got silly little uh
1: tassels on my gear so people say that a lot and they, they're they're good christian boys you know <laughs> Yeah, <That's, laughs> me me and landon talk about that all the time that's like my, my favorite promo of all time is is uh when the kevin steen <laughs> and the young bucks at pwg and they're like he's like these guys don't these those guys these guys don't say that shit but i'll say that shit They're just good Christian boys. Like, (laughs) it's just, it's wonderful. But I I like that list. Uh, It's, that's a really cool list. Uh, It's three guys that two of them really are heavily favored people. And then one guy that I don't think he gets the love that he deserves. Like, The Miz is incredible for what he's done and for a guy that should have never had the career he had
2: that's another thing like after i watched uh did you get to watch the
1: evil docu-series on the network i did but i didn't get to see his i need to it, watch it. Like, all of them
2: are so good but his like nearly brought like tears to my eyes that i was like this dude just wants the same thing that i do so it's like really crazy to see the comparison like i like i have pictures from going to live events where i'm where i'm all um hello i'm awesome shirt like that like i'm <laughs> decked out in miz here like i like I like I always had to think about it because I like before I really really thought about it, my favorite wrestlers where I always threw out bum answers like Jeff Hardy or Shawn Michaels and stuff like that which aren't bum answers right. technically, like the phenomenal wrestlers like I, I like if someone put me on the spot nine times out of ten I'll probably say one of those two too right. but when I really like sat down and thought about it a year or two ago and like it was also when I was trying to figure out the style and trajectory I was like shooting for and I was like oh my god my favorite wrestler is the Miz. Like, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, I already do a lot of things that he does and thinks about things similarly. Like, I, I can just respect somebody that wants to uplift every part of their life through their love for wrestling as well as, like, do it with others, too. Like, Miz may seem like a bad guy, but I know for He seems fact like a pretty decent guy. But that yeah like i always that's another thing about wrestling is like i don't like to put myself under one category like i think i'm a pretty like technical and character work styled wrestler but i like to incorporate like little splashes of everything that's why i watch everything like i i i like luchador stuff i I like technical stuff i like ladies wrestling i like hardcore stuff like they're like i I would never do death matches (laughs) those scare the hell out of me but uh like i like everything and i try to incorporate like
1: dashes of everything in my stuff well it's like you know i we all have a a list this long of of favorite wrestlers i mean it all depends on the day uh you know mine mine starts with the guy that got me into wrestling which was stone cold steve austin i remember seeing him on tv and just wanting to know more about who this guy was and then uh Macho Man Randy Savage became one of my favorites growing up. Uh just be just going back and watching old stuff. But right. uh the guy that we all have that guy that like people don't say that often and my my guy is Dr. Death Steve Williams. Okay, yeah. Because like the dude was just an ass kicker. Like he's just old school gonna come whoop your ass and then leave. That's why I quite like Terry Funk so much. He's another oh, one of those man. guys. Oh yeah. And Terry Funk, dude. If if you build your career after how Terry Funk did, like you're doing really good. Like <laughs> Oh yeah. Nowadays he would have been the most over wrestler on the planet. Like Oh my gosh. Because he's willing to do anything. Mm-hmm. The the the
2: way he would have like handled the deathmatch crowd nowadays would have been nuts.
1: Oh, he would have been on the same level as Nick Gage. For sure. Oh, he
2: yeah he would have been way past i'm like uh i think i talked to you about it at ncwo uh the the match he had with shane douglas at ecw where he like literally oh yeah put, like forearm down and just taped yeah. it up and kept going i was like all right bro <laughs> i was like <laughs> i'm pretty sure i'd pass out and freak out but
1: one of our one of our old co-hosts uh jimmy jam jackson as we call him triple j uh he, his favorite wrestler is Terry Funk, like all time favorite wrestler. Went to Japan and found all this like Terry Funk stuff. Found Terry Funk's solo album on V8 or on a cassette tape and brought it home. I was like, dude, this is, you're ridiculous with the Terry Funk stuff. Like, that's a
2: gold realistic. line though, just going yeah. to like a different country and finding like a bunch of Terry oh, Funk. Yeah. Awesome. That was I, that I, was like, his honeymoon. That was there for a reason, though. He did that tour with McFoley in Japan.
1: Yeah, that was his honeymoon. as he him and his wife went to uh, went to Japan and was able to like video game hunt and go look at wrestling stuff, and they even went to an all Japan show. Ooh, and, like yeah, at Kirk and Hall, like
2: that's amazing. And I was that's like, like one of the number of places I want to go. Like not not even as a
1: wrestler, just like
2: see a show in general. It's oh good. yeah.
1: I told him, I was like, bro, you were literally on hallowed ground, like holy ground for wrestlers. <laughs> He's like, I know. And it, at that time, he was just becoming a wrestling fan. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. It was like, That's you got a baptism us, like, by fire. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's insane. But um, so getting back a little bit back on track. So you, what would everyone has like that moment, that moment that they That either at a live show that they they'll remember forever, like, no matter what, it makes the hair on your arm stand up and like, what, what would be a moment like that for you? Has there ever been a moment that just electrified you that much that you'll always think about in that way?
2: It's not even like necessarily a moment at uh, like it was a moment at a show, but it wasn't a part of the show. So I went to, I can't remember if it was Raw or SmackDown back in like 2013, maybe. Uh Uh, Mom had took me to the show and this is when the Shield was like peak. This was like some of their best stuff they were doing. And uh, they were doing their little walking down the the fans entrance. And I didn't know the Shield was coming out next. So I I went uh, up the stairs because I was going to go to the little boy's room, go take a little peek. And I went to the urinal and I was peeing and some dude walked up next to me and he started peeing. And I look over and I go, as a 13 year old, I go, holy fucking shit, you're Roman Reigns. And he looked looked over at me and he's like, holy fucking shit, I'm Roman Reigns. (laughs) That's
1: amazing. I
2: I walk all the way to the the sink and I'm washing my hands and I'm looking at him. I'm like, oh my God, what is going on right now? And then he washes his hands and I like walk out and I like I didn't want to wait, but I did because i was 13 and i come out. <laughs> and uh, I think he was wrestling Rhodes Scholars, maybe Road that that Oh, man. And I just I just stuck the hand out. I the like, of his ass. <laughs> he, he gave me the little shield bump. So I was like, all right, I like Roman Reigns.
1: <laughs> me and you have a moment like that with shield members. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a year ago, uh, a year ago, a couple days ago, actually, uh, we went to fighter fest in Dallas. Oh, awesome. And, um, we got floor seats. It was like, we got this really great deal. It's like $30 for floor seats a piece. And so we, me and my wife went and, um, Little did we know, we were on the path of Moxley's entrance. Oh, nice. So, like, it wasn't like that where, like, I'm standing here next to John Moxley while he's peeing. Like, it didn't get, like, an actual moment like that. But, like, I got a selfie with him, like, and was, like, part of his entrance right there. And that that night, we had just... uh, a little bit before that, me and my wife had talked, to started talking about having kids and, you know, wanting to start trying to have a kid. And that night we went home and we we're like, Moxley would be a really good name for a kid. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, th- we want to credit that show for, uh, deciding our kid's name because, uh, in a month we're going to have Moxley keel. And, uh, yeah. So it's, it's funny that, you know, we both kind of have that moment that, we think about and it's we're just in awe of, and it revolves around the shield. Like, <laughs>
2: yeah, I never even really considered myself like a really big like shield guy growing up. But like, it's another one of the things where I was getting older and I was like, holy shit, is Seth Rollins my favorite wrestler? And like, he, <laughs> by all means, he's up there. Like, Seth Rollins is really great, especially the stuff he's doing now. Like, I was gonna get this. God forbid this ever happens to me again. I thought I had a really really good idea for an entrance jacket. And I wow. got it all designed and I got it all figured out. And then the next week, uh, Seth Rollins starts wearing this like leather kind of Rick Flairish Ben Baller, like crossover jacket. And I was like, you piece of
1: shit. My yeah. The God. leather jacket that had like the fuzz, and the the feathers yeah, and stuff like, on. He, yeah. He
2: still wears it to the day. And like it, I kid you not. I have a design of it from one of my design guys from like the week before he started wearing it. Oh, like, my gosh. Damn it. That's I, that Thank God sense. I didn't order it. Like <laughs> Thank <Right>. God.
1: <laughs> because then everybody would have been like, oh, so you're doing the Seth Rollins gimmick, huh? Ah, uh, so you're stealing more people's stuff, I see. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're fresh off of a match. You You worked last night uh tell the folks a little bit about uh the uwo show last night
2: dude i I was actually really impressed with that uwo show because that show was supposed to be in Tulsa and got rescheduled oh like five days removed from the show and um thankfully our home venue for empire and uwo here in they let us uh get a booking with them like that quick so it was like we were really thankful for that um but like we had one of our best attended UWO shows like ever, just off the drop wow. of like just off the drop of a venue change. Like like two hours away, different city, everything. And I was like, wow, awesome. So people are still willing to drive all the way from Tulsa to see the product that Drake is putting forward. And like he's doing great. There were so many debuts last night. There was a guy on the card named Punk Sinister. Uh I'm gonna shout him out even though I barely know him. He drove eight hours from Louisiana just to work on UWO. Yeah. So like that's what wrestling is. Like that's the other like part of wrestling is making the drives and like your pocket suffering.
1: Right.
2: It, it it is a part of the business. But like mad respect to that guy because like he came and he worked Malik Mayfield, another phenomenal talent here in Oklahoma. So it was just like he he came and he got a good match and then he saw how good the crowd was and he wants to come back and that's really all you can hope for. Like when you're a wrestling show is giving a good product and then making sure talent wants to come back.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, like,
2: yeah. There were so many debuts. Like KJ uh, Gold, he is a trainee through the Drake Galas school. He had his first singles match last night uh, against Derek James, and like it was match of the night in my opinion. He he did so good for his first match. I haven't seen a debut like that like since I started.
1: Yeah, uh, you know you, I, I saw some of the pictures there, and I've been in that that room a few times. I've mm-hmm. never seen that many people in in that room, so I was very At
2: impressed by that. I'm tank
1: would probably be thirst for gold that empire show that happened about two months ago
2: yeah we we packed out about that many people i think he had like 10 or 12 more than that empire show wow it was good like that that venue is good it's just like uh uwo and empire could be getting so much more attendance if the building was a little bit bigger i feel like like uh uwo's attendance i really really liked that show It, it was a good show
1: I, I mean, you've talked about it uh, and me and Landon talk about it all the time. It's all about the presentation. yeah. And that's what a lot of Oklahoma Indies are lacking right now. And it all it all they need is just a, a another step up and they can make that happen. So hopefully mm-hmm. that's a sign that, you know, everything's pushing in the right direction. I think another big help on that was the pop culture con. I think that opened a lot of eyes locally to uh the indie wrestling scene i
2: cannot tell you how many times i put over empire uwo in the city to like get people going because like i would be putting over the other shows in oklahoma like it's nothing against them or not that i'm like not working for them it's just i know the way to quickly sell people is to tell them the thing that they want is only five minutes away from their house so i'm putting over uwo and empire and like even in the middle of my match like when i was leaving after my match with tristan Thorne, and like people were giving me my uh you're a loser but good job high fives on the way out i was telling them about the show i was like hey if you like that match come come next week and we got more matches like that kind of stuff uh like it is all about presentation i really do feel like it is and i think all of oklahoma wrestling in a whole is only going forward uh a lot of people felt like a couple years ago it was plateauing or getting stale but i think that in the last two years the influx of not only like young talent but like also female wrestlers at the same time has mm-hmm. done so much good for the local scene here and like it's also starting to get to the point where we're so far past co- like we're not past COVID it's still existing like we're so far right. past that being shut down that people are ready to spend money again and ready to get on with their lives so Absolutely. a lot of like a lot of business partners are coming in and like wanting to get sponsorships and like wanting yeah. to put money into these wrestling products because they see something that is good for the city
1: yeah absolutely um you know it's me and Landon talked about it a lot and you can hear it in the in the back issues and everything but there was a time where it was like bro oklahoma wrestling's kind of dead like you go to a show there's 15 people 20 people there and it was just like you know it was it was the same people that i'd seen for 10 years at this point since i'd moved home and it was just like bro i'm just i'm tired of some of this like right and and that's a big thing in r- wrestling is is yes you got to have those marketable likes not to use a pun but spotlight talents um <laughs> but also you have to have an influx of new talent and you got to yeah. have good new talent
2: but yeah and, and that's the problem with the indies you can't have the same dude doing the same thing for like five, six, seven years like the WWE or Impact gets away with because right. uh, we're not contracted at all. or like right. obligated in any sort of way to like be there for those companies unless we're holding like their belts. Uh, and so it's like you're only going to have so much of someone at a company on the indies for so long. Like right. uh, the, the problem with it most being is that a lot of the better talent are going to get signed and they're going to take yeah. that opportunity absolutely no no indie wrestler is going to stay at their home promotion and be like i love you guys thank you like that like i'm never going to leave you like it sucks and i know one day i'm going to have to leave like uwo and empire hopefully um like not not anything against them like i hope i get signed but like when that day comes it is what it is and they're gonna they're gonna understand and then they're just gonna have to bring in the new talent
1: well that's the nature of it and a lot of people said uh that about AEW whenever they started was like oh they killed the indies oh there's no indies i'm like Indies are as strong as ever now.
2: Yeah, the Indies, it's like they don't have the same stars that they used to, but that's because the same stars that they used to are on your TV screen now. You can still go to an Indie show and there's going to be new stars.
1: And you can still go to an Indie show and see Matt Cardona and you can see the Young Bucks. You don't see the Young Bucks anymore, but like you'll see FTR work a match on the Mm -hmm. Indies. You'll see that kind of stuff. It's still happening. So the people that are saying that, like, they can... Screw the that's people. a lot of my favorite. <laughs> AEW is having those two-way contracts where, like,
2: uh, yeah, you're signed to our company, and yeah, you need to be at these shows. But at the same time, I am not a super villain. You can go do whatever you want. Right. Like, I, I always love that aspect of Tony Khan. It kind of seems like I know everybody complains about the like. Uh, it's always friends of friends in the business, and that's what AEW looks like. It looks like it's just like buddies having fun. But that's what wrestling should be. It should be like everyone yeah. is all on the same page they're there to have fun they're there to put on a product for people and if people want to be around their friends doing it and not feel like they're like in an imprisonment camp then they should and I'm not saying WWE is that stuff but like if people feel like that's how they thought their experience was then that's what it is if they want like Adam Cole he went to go wrestle with his friends and then he got his friends that he was already wrestling with to come with him like that's the
1: dream it's all about being happy where you are Yeah, And, you know, that's the reason why there are people that leave WWE. That's why there's people that leave AEW. They're not Not happy where they're at. They're going to go somewhere else and try to be happy. Yeah. Now, there's some people like Ryback that can't be happy, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I've been been begging Empire to just please let me end his undefeated
2: indie streak. Like, I will pay for it. I just want to end his undefeated (laughs) indie streak.
1: (laughs) That would be amazing. That would be that would be in, insane, but like now, I, I think uh, beat Ryback on my resume would do numbers. Oh, bro, you can just be like, yeah, and I beat Ryback uh, in thirteen seconds. Yeah, um, no, I'm, gonna write,
2: I'm gonna write a letter to the NWA and
1: be like, I know I don't look like much, but I did
2: beat Ryback.
1: Yeah, let me come. Uh, I'll move to Georgia. It's all good. Like, <laughs> let me get some of that Tim Storm action, bro. I whenever they were doing their, their weekly show in, in the studio, you know, right before COVID, that was yeah. like my number one destination. I wanted to oh. go experience that in their, in their, uh, in their TV studio. And like in 2020 be it studio wrestling, like the seventies and eighties, like it yeah, NWA power. Crazy. It was so good. And then, COVID happened and kind of killed it for a little while and it's starting to come back. But uh, I want to, I do want to say I did call that Matt Cardona was going to win the NWA title. Uh, That was said on this podcast. I did say that, you know, he's the perfect heel for that kind of place is because he's everything NWA isn't. And that's what it should be like. But yeah, dude, like the indie scene is thriving and I think Oklahoma's really taking advantage of that. OU and Texas are really hot right now. Did I say OU in Texas? Oklahoma and Texas. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh I agree. That's why, like, uh, I just wrestled Texoma two weeks ago, la- last weekend. It wasn't just, like, weekend yeah. world, was last weekend. And it was so much fun. It was amazing. Uh, the crowd there is pretty dedicated. Like, it was my first time there, and I had absolutely no problem getting, like, meat. And it was great because they already have established people there that are like right there for that reason. Uh I faced a guy named Mr. Wobble. He created the world famous uh like wobble line dance, like the wobble baby wobble thing. Oh really? And it, yeah. And it was it, I don't know how wrestling led me to
1: this <laughs> to be Bro, wrestling. The, world the amount line. of times I did that dance in college <laughs> with the entire Friends University softball team. It was, you know, shout out to Wichita, Kansas, but <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like stuff like that. Uh Tim Storm was on that card, so he's always like a wealth of knowledge. He'll just like sit there and listen. Uh like Shane Taylor was there. So it's like Texas is booming and they got like indie stars like wrestling on their cards and stuff. So it's like it's good for the local guys because that means they get a shot at wrestling. Some people that have been way further than any of us have ever been. So
1: Oh dude, I went to a, I went to a uh indie show, a local indie while I was down there for WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucha Brutal. And yeah, and that was that was one of the most fun I've ever had in an indie show. It was just such a cool uh atmosphere. It's just outside at a bar, like having fun. Um, saw culture shock wrestle there. That was the first time I'd cool. seen them. Nice. So we just saw them at NC NCWO, uh, yeah. which you had a great match there with Neo Genesis.
2: Yeah, um, uh, it, it was his first time having a singles match. And it was my first time wrestling somebody that's never had a singles match. So it was like a really, really fresh experience for the both of us. So like, yeah, shout out to Neo for getting it out of the way and getting it done. Because I know he wrestled again last night and he did better last night. So I yeah. mean, if that's the trajectory, keep doing better. I mean, he'll probably listen to this. I'll tag him. Uh, keep absolutely. It. absolutely. So, uh what's next for the spotlight oh god grand scheme signed. (laughs) like uh it'll be it'll be way out there uh but i mean i don't really have like a set timetable right now like uh the end goal for me right now like not it's not like technically an end goal but the next big main thing i want to do is to probably get signed but i know the rungs of the ladder that i need to climb before that's even going to be a possibility so right for the most part right now i'm trying to do as like i've done really really good on my character work this year so i feel like uh just like keeping keep keep it on essentially just like everything that i'm working on right now like you're never gonna be a hundred percent the most perfect wrestler ever so i'm constantly trying to work on myself and evolve in a different way um I mean, I would like to hold a heavyweight title for somewhere here in Oklahoma. It is one of my bucket list items. Uh, even though titles are 50-50, don't really like mean much outside of like the professional uh, view. Uh, it is something I have always wanted to do though since I was a kid. So uh, like while I am playing, I know there's stuff that it, it does matter and it doesn't matter. But as a fan, there's some things that I knew if i ever became a wrestler that i wanted to check off and so i'm really just like some stuff like that like the like the heavyweight title in oklahoma i had people who i wanted to wrestle or wrestle with and stuff on my list here in oklahoma and that's been mostly like checked off in the last two years uh traveling is my big thing right now like uh i just started going to tech domino, like i said and that's a really huge opportunity for me uh i really really like that company they're doing great things down there and i go to kansas sometimes for xwe um they're a really good company up there too i am about to go on a trip with my friend Derek james the wrestler i told you about he and i and a few others are going to tennessee and georgia in like two weeks to get some new states crossed off some new companies Oh, fantastic so, so always trying to like that's mainly where i'm at right now i know i'm still like pretty young as far as like the wrestling business goes i'm 23 so i i know i have like so many years of stuff to go through still but like i think if i keep doing things the way i'm doing and keep getting better at the same rate that i've been
1: getting better that uh maybe my main goal isn't too far-fetched absolutely you know you got to shoot for the stars yeah you never if get anywhere you shoot for the stars complacent. If, <laughs> you got to shoot for the moon shoot so, for the moon if you land amongst the stars man So we, you know, at my job, we, we've been reading this book called the 10 X mindset and 10 X mindset is setting goals that are 10 times better than what you think you can do. Yeah. And it's like, that's what everyone should be doing right now, especially if you're in pro wrestling, you know, you want to, you want to set your state on fire and you want to, you know, make it the best ever, but like your aspiration shouldn't be to be a local guy for 30 years like no you want to you want to you want to make this your career and
2: goals for certain aspects like i have goals locally i have goals on the indies and i have goals to get signed and what where if i get signed i have goals with that company like i'm i'm oriented in that way to where i always have something that i'm fighting towards yeah um and maybe, maybe, in real life, I am a baby a uh, baby face because the whole point of being a baby face is fighting from underneath, and I feel like that's what I do every day of my life is fighting from underneath,
1: absolutely,
2: <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of things that right now I wanna like get accomplished and put over like there there's a big thing in wrestling uh where everybody has all these goals and representations and beliefs and stuff. Like uh, I'm a huge fan of video games and there's dudes that are like, uh, like Xavier Woods and Adam Cole, they got gaming channels and they use their wrestling to get their gaming jump started. or like I'm a huge NBA fan and there's wrestlers that are also huge NBA fans and it gets them NBA connections and it gets NBA players going to wrestling events, that kind of stuff. Like I want to be able to intertwine every aspect of my life, through wrestling is possible because yeah. I truly think that wrestling is for everybody. Like there is not a single thing in wrestling that I don't think somebody would like.
1: Brother, you're speaking what we preach every single week on this show. Wrestling is a subjective art form. There's wrestling for everyone out there.
2: Yeah, uh, like a lot of wrestling too is about inspiration to the younger kids. I feel like we have a platform, like a really really high platform and a lot of our audience is kids until you get to the Indies or like New Japan stuff like yeah, that. It's yeah. a lot of it's a lot of kids that watch the American product, and so when you're thinking about that, you got to think about the kind of message you want to send to them. Like it was like we're always trying to tell a story of good versus bad, but I think a lot of dudes take it too far after the bell rings and are still bad guys after the fact. Um, right. My my buddy Derek James, he used to not. Like, he, he keeps character all the time. He keeps character all the time, even at the merch table. And uh, I think a little bit of me has rubbed off on him because at my merch table, I, I won't be a, like, a bad guy. Like, I'm trying to sell merch to people. I'm trying to make money off of my job. Right. Uh, but he will. But uh, last night at UWO, a kid couldn't afford the sticker because he couldn't get changed from concessions. And that man, Derek James, gave that kid a sticker for free. And I know for a fact a year ago, he would have not done that. <laughs> so I think a little bit of me is rubbing off in some good ways. Uh, something that I've been a little vocal about this year as a part of my life is that I am autistic and I oh, wow. suffer from manic depression. So I like to promote that when I can, because I think there's a stigma that people like that aren't very functional or yeah. that they do the things that they set their mind to or that other people do. I just want people to know there is a huge autistic community in wrestling. Like uh, there's a lot of people. Oh girl. Uh, My stuff isn't so much like learning disability. My little brother has it way harder than I do. He had like a learning disability and everything. Mine was more so like emotional and socially. Uh, Like growing up, it was like, I always had real bad anxiety about like what people would think about me or like social situations and like how I came off to people. And it really, really just like messed with my brain. And, uh, so I still feel like that's this day, but the whole spotlight gimmick comes from me finding out that information. It's like, wow, I had all of this in the top of my head, like all of this want to be like, the want to have money, the the want to be like Ric Flair in the Miz, not personally, but like what they had, like the the,
1: yeah. the
2: product that they were selling to me was I am better than who I was yesterday. That's the kind of thing I got in my head. And I do want to be like that. So like the spotlight, it's all about attention. It's all about like people looking at me because if people aren't looking at me, I'm not making money. So that's, that's the the whole inspiration behind it. I just want kids to know essentially that like you can take everything that has hurt you your whole life, anything that has made you scared and you can turn it into the best thing that has ever happened for you. And that's kind of the message I want to give.
1: I I, I love that man. Like that's such a great inspirational story to like put out there. Like there is a huge community with autistic people in pro wrestling. Like we got we got a message on the page today and I went and clicked on the profile and I was like, Who who is this guy? I've never seen it. And it's literal his bio said, I'm autistic and I like cheers and pro wrestling. I'm like, Okay, I like this guy. I like <laughs> let's go. Yeah. You know, He's i like- there's always that stigma. Everybody seems to think that you
2: have to be like completely incapacitated to be considered autistic. And that's not like really, yeah. it's not, people don't understand the full spectrum of it. It's not just like one set thing. It's a lot of different things. It's like mental stability, learning curves, like emotional and mental like health. It's all in that same realm. And like, it's just all this, all the stuff I had to deal with as a kid didn't make it any, uh, better for me and i had to think about it now as an adult uh just more natural and healthy ways to cope because uh, i did go on medication for about like a couple months when i was 16 or 17 when i initially found out and i think i was 18 actually but uh it, it gave me a time to be like a little more like robot zone like it made my it made all the crying i wanted to do and all the overreacting i wanted to do and all the bad things i thought about people or what they thought about me it made it all go away for a month or two and it let me figure out my head and i just hope anybody listening can also do that same thing if they're struggling with the same stuff like it's so much more than what people put the spotlight on you know what i mean like like it's so much it's so much broader like uh uh i don't know if you know him caleb oxley giganto he wrestles in Tulsa. He, he seems just like a big old burly normal dude he's also autistic. And uh, so I, I like that we have another person in the state like representing that community.
1: Well, like that's something we we preach here is like mental health, you know, taking care of yourself and, and, you know, being being the best you can be. I'm, I have severe anxiety and depression issues to where I'm on my medication. You want to know what my number one fear in my life is? Speaking publicly. Then you're fighting it head on, buddy. And I have a podcast and I am a commentator. Like <laughs> You're doing a great job. That's, what, that's the message we're trying to send. And like, you yeah, can do like, anything. You can fight. And and all you have to do is put whatever your passion is out there and overcome it. Like You are the best you at any moment in your life. And that's all you should st- strive for. It's
2: <laughs> yeah. just to be
1: what makes you happy.
2: I get a lot of comments from the other guys, like uh, other wrestlers and stuff. And they're always like, why do you use social media so much? Like, why are you posting so much? Like, why why are you always like up to something? And I'm like, bro, that's a part of like some like weird like pick I have. Like, I don't have too much of a social filter anymore uh, yeah. as an adult because when I found out how like upset thinking about what other people thought about me used to make me, I had to completely just hand the filter together. So sometimes on Facebook, people would be like, "Why are you just randomly posting about like the NBA or something on your wrestling page?" And I'm like, "I don't care. I just want people to talk to me, man. <laughs> like right. talking to me about the same stuff I like. It's just like, well, do that on your personal page. It's like, man, oh lord, whatever. I'm trying to connect with people. Get over
1: it. That's that's crazy. That's I I can't stand people that are like put you down for who you are because yeah, I." I what does it matter to you? Like, that's what I ask all the time. That's the first
2: thing I'll ask anybody that has like a problem with anything I do. I'm like, how does this affect you? Like,
1: it doesn't. It doesn't affect your daily life. No. You're letting other people affect your daily life. Some people just like to be mad, I think. Well, like, I saw a meme and it made perfect sense. It was like, bullies never made any sense to me because, like, bro, why does me being ugly affect you? Like, <laughs> i'm the one that's ugly like i know <laughs> like and i'm like shit that's that's good yeah you can't fix it <laughs> like I, i'm already I, I know i'm not the best looking dude in the world so like okay like cool if
2: somebody said that to me i'd be the first person to ask if they have a way to fix it like are are you a beauty doctor
1: please fix me <laughs> like hey <laughs> i'm trying to be i'm trying to be a superstar pro wrestler like if you think i could change my looks a little bit help me out like <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) but well, you know, we're, we're, we're going a little longer than I expected, but this has been a great conversation and, uh, I think we're, we've got a great episode going here. Um, but let's, uh, let's go ahead and start wrapping this up. Uh, we always ask one question of every guest and I'm going to put you on the spot here. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: We give out homework every week to our fans and it can be a recent match that you've watched, or it can be that all-time like warm blanket match where you can just put it on and feel happy. What is a match that you think our listeners need to watch this week? Mm,
2: That's a difficult one. I would say one I just watched was, it was pretty recent, so people might have already seen it, but if you haven't seen it already, someone that impressed me a huge amount out of nowhere and like someone I had heard very little of was uh, Shoto Aminu. He's John Moxley's young boy. And oh, yeah. He recently did a six man on AEW. And then he went on to have a singles either before or after that. Yeah. But Shoto, like, I don't, I can't remember who I was in the match. Just look up Shoto Aminu and AEW. Uh, I really was impressed by his stuff. And then finding out that he was getting a lot of his stuff things from john moxley i was like well that adds up
1: (laughs) he uh he really impressed me at forbidden door Uh, i I talked about that a couple weeks ago that was my wrestler of the week like i showed a umino like he uh yeah he was he trained kind of under moxley whenever moxley was over there but you know he's red shoes son really yeah his son his dad is uh is red shoes Okay, that so uh, that makes sense. The famous uh, New Japan ref referee because um, he's Red Shoes Umino.
2: All the all the uh, Japanese guys always seem to be like second or third generation wrestlers nowadays.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. But he impressed the hell out of me, and I I've been wanting to watch more of him. So I'm definitely yeah. going to go watch, watch some it more of stuff. him. This if I week. had to name a match off the top of my head,
2: there was a Maryland Indy. Uh, in like 2018 or 19, that booked Ricky Starks and MJF against each other. That's Holy. an amazing match. Uh, that would be that would be my
1: go to match right there. Fantastic. So uh, okay, well, before we get you off of here, uh, where are you gonna be next? What what's the next show you're gonna be on? And uh-huh. uh, where where can the folks find you at home?
2: Okay, so my next show is July 30th at Empire Pro in Oklahoma City. We're gonna be at 4605 South End same vfw we're always at uh empire pro wrestling on facebook twitter instagram you'll find it there anywhere you find empire you'll basically find me uh i will be spending my all-american championship against adrian vega uh i am more than excited to wrestle with vega i just got done with my biggest storyline as a professional wrestler was against striker and i learned so much and developed so much as a person that I can only imagine what a match with one of his students will be like, especially his student that's the most far off, uh, like ahead of the pack. And so I'm really, really excited because uh, personally, me and Vega are really, really close now. So uh, getting to wrestle one of my closest buddies uh, is going to be, going to be really good. Uh, I'm excited. And anywhere you can find me on socials, it's going to be Logan Night Pro, like Twitter is Logan Night Pro, Instagram, Logan Night Pro my facebook link hasn't changed from my warren powers name um, so like like uh some guy looked me up last night on the very first logan knight that popped up so you'll find me i'm the best logan knight in the world <laughs> uh youtube is also just my name if you ever want to watch any of my matches i have me versus Tigo from empire pro in june and then i just uh i'm about to upload me and wobble as soon as tech Thelma, uh airs that so uh also my last match was Stryker and Stryker's second final match ever. Uh he it's gonna be on YouTube sometime this week. So if anybody wants to check those out, yeah.
1: We'll definitely link some of those uh to this page, um to the uh to the episode when it drops. But we uh we wanna thank you once again for uh being on. This has been a really good uh good interview. It's been a really enjoyable one. So thank you, Kendrick. Alright, man. Well, you have a great night and uh, we'll be talking to you later.
0: Man, and what a great interview, Jake. Great job um, getting that it's solo fantastic. interview with Logan Knight. You know, we have been working on that for a couple of weeks, um, but we we were able to do it. And man, uh, shout out to the spotlight, Logan Knight for just his transparency. Um, you know, we don't we don't need to touch on what he shared because that is his, you know, that's his news to share and that's his story to absolutely to make public. Um and cause this is the first time that he's he's really opened up about that and made it known. Um man, he's I'm, I'm,
1: he's quickly becoming one of my favorite people in this business. So I'm just yeah. saying that. He's he's a really good guy. Um, I I I wanna
0: spend more time getting to know him. He's 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 a good dude. Yeah. He is quickly um man like i I don't know how people could listen to that interview and and not get behind the the spotlight. I know he's made questionable decisions and had questionable actions inside the ring, but man you you see why he does what he does, you see why he is doing everything his power to be the very best absolutely in that ring, and I applaud him for that i'm I'm excited um. You know, Logan Knight, but along with everybody we saw at NCWO, these are people to keep your eyes on. Yes, they are. And uh, a little bit of a plug for next week.
1: Um, Don't go away, because next week we're going to have Devion Black in the Brothers of Kayfabe studio talking about his wrestling career, talking about why he loves wrestling, talking about the KOA, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. I I really I'm really excited to have him on. Um once again, he is a Kinzerkeel guy. And uh yeah, it's just it's it's really exciting. We're getting to talk to these young guys that are entering the the business. You know, Logan Knight's in his early 20s. I know Devion's in his early 20s. Um it's it's been a lot of fun. But before we take this home, Landon. Uh, who's your Wrestler of the Week?
0: My Wrestler of the Week, you're putting me here on the spot, so I'm just going to speak from the heart. Absolutely. My Wrestler of the Week, the one, the only, Supernova, a.k.a. my boy, (laughs) Simon Dean from WWE. Get with the Simon system, lose some weight, write a segue. If you don't know who Simon Dean is, if you don't know who... Supernova, Hollywood Nova is check him out. ECW OG. Um, but just his contributions behind the scenes, getting guys to try outs, coaching, working a little bit, uh, in talent relations, and then even getting one more late, uh, like oh five, oh four, oh five run in in WWE as Simon Diamond with the Simon system. Um Fun fact, his action figure, his Simon Dean action figure is the only wrestling figure to ever come with a protein canister. So that's just a little freebie. Um, man, he had a just a silly entertaining match with Bobby Lashley in 05. I want to say it's maybe it's no mercy 05. And if Bobby Lashley beat him, then Simon Dean had to eat cheeseburgers. And Bobby Lashley just forces cheeseburger after cheeseburger in his mouth. It's fun, but also, um, just watch some of his ECW stuff. Supernova was great. Hollywood Nova was great. So that's my wrestler of the week. Jake, who's your wrestler
1: of the week? Um, I do want to give a shout out before, uh, someone we didn't mention, um, the gatekeeper. Gatekeeper is probably the most over guy in that building.
0: Hey, we have his full entrance in our vlog. So if you've never seen Gatekeeper and with the pyro, it put it on a whole new level. So you check out our vlog. There's a little plug ski there. So yeah, go check that out.
1: Uh, Excuse me. My wrestler of the week is two wrestlers. It's FTR. Uh, Mm. Specifically Dax Harwood. We all know that Dax is the better wrestler out of the two. But they're both tremendous. They work so well together, and they're stars. Uh, they're absolute stars, and they're uh, y- go watch any match, any match that they've ever put on, and you will not,
0: you will not be uh, sad about it. Like yep. it's
1: they're so entertaining. So their that's, takeover
0: Dallas match with American oh Alpha. gosh! Chef's Amazing. kiss. Yeah. Uh,
1: go watch any of their matches with the Young Bucks. Uh go watch either Brisco match. I would prefer you watch both of them, but uh specifically go watch Supercard of Honor and then Death Before Dishonor. Like yeah, tremendous. Uh they're they're on a whole nother level. So those are my guys. Um make sure to watch the vlog. Make sure to buy the trading card. You can contact us on Facebook for one of those.
0: Buy a VHS tape too
1: buy a VHS tape from Mr. Rasslin. The Mr. Rasslin archives have been opened and, uh, they have been put on physical media form. Um, how much are those VHS tapes?
0: Mr. I'll, I'll listen. If you, if you reach out and you say you heard about them on the podcast and you want one, I will cut you a brother deal I, I'll just straight up cut you a brother deal. I'll even include, because I love physical media, but I understand the convenience of digital media. I'll even give you a digital media copy for your personal collection, for your personal library. Um, man, check out our YouTube channel. Um, subscribe if you're not. We are working on more video content. Um, but also, you can see... You can see some snippets of some of the BIK mixtape, some of the home video releases as well. Absolutely. And well, you know we're working on further vlogs and I'm going to I've got some breaking news if you've stayed with us here to the very end. I've got some breaking news, Jake. What's that? I am working on some I think since we're closing in on the end of season 4, I think some goodies leading us into season five. I think I'm going to do some omnibus episodes of some of, some of the best of BIK so far. I know we've done highlights before, but really some compilations of like, Hey, here's the best of our ECW talk. Hey, here's the best of our ring of honor talk or our AEW talk. Things like that. Here's all of our Terry Funk moments so far. (laughs) So
1: my favorite Terry Funk
0: match is, uh, A loser
1: has to pay Vince McMahon's uh, mistresses off uh, and cannot use credit cards. Match
0: loser has to tell Vince about Macho Man and Stephanie. It's my last match, it's my last match. RIP, Triple J, Jimmy Jackson. We miss you, brother. Um, but yeah, go follow us on uh, Facebook,
1: on Twitter. Um, go find us on YouTube Brothers of Kayfabe on YouTube Watch the new vlog Join us in the Facebook group And don't forget to rate, review And subscribe Landon, let's give it to them You gotta awesome. give the people what they want
0: I will And with everything we've talked about It warms the cockles of my heart That the future of Oklahoma wrestling is bright And ladies and gentlemen, that is just too Sweet for life we will see you guys next week